No. They, I mean, they're tough. These are some tough games. Two, the first two, uh, big lines, big numbers that are hard to lay on either side. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast, a very special edition of our Thanksgiving Best Bets episode. I am Easton Freeze, joined as always by producer JT. We are brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com as well as the 440 Podcast Network. JT, how are you on Thanksgiving Eve now? I'm good. Um, doing a lot of work here, getting ready to not have any work tomorrow and just uh, spend some time watching some good football for sure. Exactly. Do you remember what you said at the beginning of our episode on Tuesday morning about how this show has been a real roulette of content lately? It has. Um, and we're just we're living up to it here because this is an episode you should not be expecting because we didn't plan it until Tuesday, uh, the day that we released our podcast, our first podcast of the week. And then in the middle of the day, I texted JT and I said, man, looking forward to these Thanksgiving football games. I wanted to do a special edition because For me, I love to spend money betting on these Thanksgiving football games to make them just give them a little more juice, you know, like it's, it's, it just makes it more, it's, it's fun enough on Thanksgiving to eat more food than you probably like should as recommended by the Surgeon General for your own health and safety. And then in your food comatose on the couch, watch football all day long. Like that's the vibe, but what can make that better? Put money on it. Duh. Win money whilst sitting there like a a useless slob that we all will be. So that's what we're going to do, right? JT, we have got a number of bets that we've accidentally poured over probably more today than we wanted to very well researched these bets. And we're going to run down all the numbers for you. Um, So I'm excited. We have, we have props. We, we picked our two favorite props each from each game. And we've got some uh, numbers to back up why we're going, what we're going with. So we're going to talk you through that. Bet with us. You're going to win. I mean, listen, JT, what was our record last week in the best bet gauntlet? I believe it was seven, two, and one. So, I mean, if if that is any indicator of a heater, we're hot right currently now. Hot. As a as a show, then we you might have your best Thanksgiving ever if you bet with us on the show. Um, or maybe you think now's the time to sell high on the show and just fade all our picks. <laughs> Do what you want with this information that we're about to give to you. So we've got our favorite props. We've got a couple of funky sides totals teasers parlays we really were pouring over the options here because listen as we're going to get to here in a second jt these three games from a non-thanksgiving special day of football standpoint just looking at the slate of all the games both on thanksgiving and this weekend i certainly would not be putting any three of these games from a straight side standpoint in the best bet gauntlet no i wouldn't oh, touch I wouldn't with a 10-foot pole no they, i mean they're tough these are some tough games Two, the first two, uh, big lines, big numbers that are hard to lay on either side. Um, they're games that could end up being blowouts. And frankly, this might be a little sacrilege. And I- I'm sorry for like putting this out in the air if you're wanting to watch good football all day. But at least once a year, JT, doesn't it feel like there's at least one game every Thanksgiving that's just a total blowout and it's never even close? I actually appreciate that being kind of built into the schedule because I need one of those games to be able to pass out after the meal, right? Like I need, I need one of those games to be able to just veg out and not have to pay attention to be able to have the energy to do the rest of the day's activities. So those two games, one of them or both of them could be a big blowout. 
And then kind of an ugly one on the nightcap with Minnesota and New England, two teams that are interesting offensively. Um, so that'll that'll be interesting. But I wanted to talk us through before we get into the meat and potatoes of, of the show, and we start giving out some picks. The Action Network, if you're not familiar, a fantastic, uh, relatively new company and service. They they do all kinds of betting information, and I I lean pretty hard on them for a lot of the trends. There, there's not a much better place on the internet that I'm aware of that does better tracking betting trends, tools for people that are, um, you know, serious, non-professional, but serious gamblers like myself and like JT to be able to have some numbers to back up our choices. And Thanksgiving Day is kind of an anomaly in the NFL betting world. Here's the first thing. On Thanksgiving, favorites rule. They are for some reason, phenomenal on Thanksgiving. Here's the astonishing number that I'm going to come back to here in a moment for one of our picks. Since 2004, JT, favorites on Thanksgiving are 43-8 and eight straight up. 43-8. and eight. I mean, how, how ridiculous is that? No upsets for the past 18 years. It's, it's kind of crazy considering also what teams are playing. Of course, you could see the Cowboys and yeah, you know, like maybe they could definitely right. like, put okay. up some good seasons but then you got the lions and it's like well they got to be favored at least in some of those games you know no, you got you have no, to figure no, it they they or no, not. They no they don't i think i think the reason part of the reason that number is what it is now that i'm saying it out loud is probably just that for the bulk of the 2000s the the lions were just a built-in favorite winning on Thanksgiving. like at least one favorite was going to win every year because somebody had to play the lions um so that's probably what that is so they're 43 and 8 straight up favorites are they're also 35 and 16 against the spread both of those you know, in terms of betting, rule of thumb, if you're if you got a trend that is north of 60% hit rate, that is a winning, cashing, money-making trend. And both of those are well over 60%. In that span since 2004, road favorites, here's an even crazier one, road favorites, 23-1 and one straight up and 19-5 and five against the spread. That bodes very well for the Bills, who are a road favorite of a big number this week. Um, also, road has kind of an asterisk next to it because this is the same stadium they played in as a home team four days ago on Sunday. So kind of a weird situation there. Um, the only loss from a road favorite came in 2009 when the giants lost to the Broncos. It's also on Thanksgiving, uh, a pretty public day in terms of bets betting on Thanksgiving in the past has been as easy as following the crowds, essentially, according to the action network favorites, with 60% or more of the tickets. In other words, favorites that the public really loved to bet are 20 and seven against the spread. The public sides, the side, the side of each game that has the most betters on it are 30 and 17 against the spread. And public sides that are favorites are 27 and 12 against the spread. So public sides are 500 or better against the spread every year since 2014 and nine of the last 10 years uh, and, and so, and, oh, excuse me, public sides are 500 against the spread or better every year since 2014 and nine out of the last 10 years. So needless to say, the public sides and the favorites are king on Thanksgiving, which is as a somebody that bets all the other weeks of the season, JT, it's it's a weird, it feels wrong in your gut, right? To be going just all chalk, all favorites. That's usually a recipe for losing all your money. It really is. Um, and it looking at these lines just straight up 
it's how I feel still, even knowing that (laughs) it's how I feel still. It's like, I, I, can I really do this? I don't know. Um, but this is why we got a couple picks today that we're going to play this a little differently than just looking at it straight up. Yeah. So let's get into those. Let's start with our, our singles here, non-parlayed bets that we really like. And again, we didn't go with straight sides. Uh, we only went with one very normal uh, over-under choice here. We went with one total, and that is the over in the Buffalo-Detroit game. So that number is set at 54. We like the over in this game for a couple of reasons. First of all, we know this Detroit defense is not stopping anybody. They've not stopped anybody all year long. They're a bad defense. The other reason is that on the other side of the ball, the Buffalo defense kind of been showing some holes lately. It's been kind of surprising just how many points they've allowed some of these teams to to score in recent weeks. And a big part of that is because they are starting to lack the personnel healthy to uh, to to not have some glaring weaknesses on their defense. Looking at the numbers right here, the Lions outside of that two week span in the middle of the season when Jared Goff was banged up. Amon Ra was out. DeAndre Swift was out. They basically had no, I think Hawkinson was banged up as well. They had no offensive weapons in two games and they scored zero and six points. Outside of that, I believe we were looking before the show, JT, they have 20 or more points, I think, in every other game this year. Despite that and, one Packers game, every other mm-hmm. game, they've scored more than 20 points. Right, exactly. And so with an, with an over under of 54 and a half, we're expecting the bills to win this game by a sizable amount. I mean, the, the, the line is set at 10. If the, if the lions manage to get to 20 or more points on their own odds are this game's going to go over and relatively comfortably. It looks like the lions are seven and three to the over in their last 10 games on Thanksgiving. And the last, the last every game they've played on Thanksgiving since 2012, uh, they are seven and three in those games to the over. So that's a bet that we really like some of the, funkier ones here this one is kind of strange but the numbers are just undeniable buffalo second half minus five so bills to cover by five points in the second half i love this number because of one very simple statistic the bills are 46 26 and three in the second half against the spread under josh allen that is a 64 percent hit not straight up but against the spread with Josh Allen as the quarterback, they finish strong. And this lions team, frankly, doesn't have that record of finishing strong. They are a team that you could totally see this game being, you know, a, a three point game or even tied at half JT. And then by the end, it, it may kind of, you know, the lions may run out of gas. So I really love this Buffalo second half minus five. What do you think? No, I think so too. And especially, I think if the lines are going to get it done, it's going to be through their ground game. Jamal Williams and that that double-headed pair of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift has been really effective since Swift has come back, even though he's yep. been in a limited fashion. It's been something that they've had to rely on. And, you know, if this game is close, with that being said with the Bills, I think once they start getting it together in that second half, they're going to have to start falling off of that run, running offense into yes. the passing attack that hasn't been as strong. Right, exactly. And that's that's the point, right? If this game remains close, they'll be able to lean on their run game, which is great. They've got a very nice running back pair. They've got a very nice run-blocking offensive line. But if they have to force Jared Goff to throw more than they want him to, and they don't want him to very much, that's a little 
teaser later in the episode, JT's got a prop that he loves along those lines with Jared Goff not throwing the ball all that often. I think things could get kind of hairy for them in the second half, and I think that the Bills could could outscore them by a touchdown, frankly, is kind of what I expect to happen. The third single bet that we like here, and this one's really funky, Minnesota minus one. These are numbers, by the way, you could get as of uh, around 10 p.m. on Tuesday night. So on DraftKings, these were the numbers we were going off of. They're probably still around that same uh, situation, but they may have shifted a little. So check if you're going to bet along with us. Minnesota minus one in the first quarter. Here's the numbers you need to know. The Patriots, who they're facing, of course, they have the league's lowest first quarter points total on the season. They have 15 points, JT, in all of their first quarters this year. In either 10 or 11 first quarters, they have just 15 points, and that's five field goals. None of those points came from touchdowns. So this Patriots team starts incredibly slow. Basically, all you're betting here, Minnesota minus one is, is Minnesota going to score any points in the first half? And if they get a touchdown, that's probably it. Because historically speaking, the Patriots, if they're scoring touchdowns in this game, it's not coming in the first quarter. The Minnesota is going to cover that easily if they get any points at all, but especially if they get seven. Yeah, no, I agree. I think specifically Mac Jones is someone who takes a little bit more time to get going. And especially this Minnesota defense is going to want to look to bounce back and get a strong start considering what happened last week in Dallas, <laughs> no kidding, which no is kidding. why I really like this pick. Yeah. Uh, so those are our, our three favorite singles. One more time. you got Buffalo and Detroit over 54 Buffalo second half to cover minus five and Minnesota minus one in the first quarter. The other two bets that we have and, and JT, we were kind of, not scraping the bottom of the barrel because I do like these bets, but they took some creativity here. And, and this is looking at all three games. We've got three different parlays. The first of which is a money line parlay, because like I said, as we talked about at the top of the show, and I'm pulling it back up here so I can get the numbers exact Thanksgiving day favorites since 2004, 43 and eight straight up Fa- spreads aside favorites win these games for one reason or another. They win regularly, and in two of these games, at least, we've got 10-point lines. Odds are those won't be upsets. If they are, they'd be massive. And in the Minnesota Patriots game, it's a close line. But but look, I mean, Minnesota, is is this not the the definition of a buy-low spot for Minnesota, JT? I mean, this is the bounce-back game for them. Second home game in a row. They're going to have to win this game, essentially, to maintain any respect. No, yeah, I think so. And especially, you have a New England team who is coming off a game in which their offense did not score more than three points. They had to rely true, on a last second, fourth quarter, I think it was a punt, punt return, return, punt yeah. return um, to get the <laughs> Because the Jets didn't score any touchdowns either, Wilson, so they didn't kick uh, off to Jets, them. Were, exactly. <laughs> there were no kicks to return, plenty um, of punts to return. So I think this is the spot to do it if you're going to. Yeah, so just, I mean, this is, again, as a better any other weekend of the year, this is gross, and I highly advise against it. But on Thanksgiving Day, just do a straight money line parlay of all three favorites. Parlay the Bills, Cowboys, and Vikings, all three to just win straight up on the money line. You get plus 146. You can turn 10 bucks into nearly 25. I like throwing a little sugar on that for that trend to continue and for these games. I mean, essentially, barring a ridiculous 
very you know big news breaking uh breaking down of one of these favorites in the first two games those two games should go easily like they, they shouldn't be upsets 10 point games you're basically just banking on minnesota getting the job done on the nightcap and so i like that number a lot the other one the other two rather bets that we like are teaser parlays we've got a conservative one and an aggressive one so the conservative way to do this, and you know, when you tease these lines, you're wanting to tease them through the key numbers. So the Bills line right now is sitting right at 10. That's a, a pretty key number. If you tease that down through the seven, through the six, and through the three, you get Bills down to minus two and a half. You tease the Cowboys down as well through the eight, seven, six, and three down to two and a half. So both the Bills and the Cowboys to win by a field goal or more. And then the Patriots, you tease them up to plus 10 and a half through the three, six, seven, eight, and 10, all of those being key numbers. You're betting on the Bills, again, to win by a field goal or more, the Cowboys to win by a field goal or more, and the Patriots to lose by no more than 10 points. Basically, you don't want the Vikings to win Run by two score. touchdowns. Is all, is all, I mean, two touchdowns. If you think the Vikings win by two touchdowns, then, then you think this game's going horrendously. I, I think that this game with a low total, the odds are this is going to be a tight, tighter game than that. If you bet all three of those and tease Bills to minus two and a half, Cowboys minus two and a half, and Patriots plus ten and a half, you can get it to plus one eleven, which is basically doubling your money, turning ten into twenty one and change. So that's the conservative way to go about it, and I feel like that is the safest bet on the board for anything we're going to say in this show. So if you're going to bet anything. I would bet that one bills minus two and a half Cowboys minus two and a half Patriots plus 10 and a half. Now, if you want to get more aggressive with the teasers and get a number more like, let's see, it was what uh, plus two fifty six, So two and a half times your money. You can turn uh, five into 17 and change. Take the bills, tease them down just under a touchdown to minus six and a half. Do the same with the Cowboys just under a touchdown and the Patriots just over a touchdown. So in other words, the Bills and the Cowboys to win by a touchdown or more, and the Patriots to lose by a touchdown or less. You get those three teased in that fashion, you get plus 256, and that is to double and a half your money, which I really like. So those are our favorite bets on the sides, totals, teasers, and parlays side of things. We're going to get to our favorite props in a moment here, which I think are, I think they're my favorite bets that we've got here on the show but before we do that we've got a couple of bets from a couple special guests uh special guest betters they're going to come in and uh we we had them on the show briefly tonight to talk about their favorite bets on this thanksgiving slate if you follow any of the nashville titans media then you know here locally a couple of guys friends of the show both have been on with us before mike herndon and paul kaharski we had both of them come and give us their favorite bets Without further ado, let's just hear from them. Here's Paul Kaharski and Mike Herndon on what their favorite Thanksgiving bets are. All right, let's welcome in Paul Kaharski, of course, from paulkaharski.com. Covers the Titans here locally, been doing so for years and does a great job. Paul, how are you? How's it going? I'm well, Easton. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Thanks for coming and stopping by for just a moment. We're, of course, doing our Thanksgiving betting special here on the hot read podcast and we wanted to get some uh, local voices and friends involved you have got a favorite bet for this three game thanksgiving slate what is your favorite bet of the day uh, tomorrow on thanksgiving is this a thing that goes together betting and uh and thanksgiving 
It's well, weird. it's betting. <laughs> it does when you're a degenerate, I suppose. Yeah, okay. it's like, you know, you got to make the games interesting, I guess, right? I play kickers. I, I find plus props on kickers. Okay. Michael Badgley, I'm going with, it's plus 110 okay. over a field goal and a half for Detroit. So Detroit's been scoring 27, 15, 31, 31 in their last four. He hasn't been kicking a lot of field goals, though. Two, none, one, one. He's 10 for 10 this year. Um, but Detroit is um, fifth in red zone touchdown percentage. Buffalo is third in red down touchdown percentage allowed. So Buffalo uh-huh. is going to keep Detroit out of the end zone force the Lions to kick some field goals. Badgley over one and a half on field goal kicking. They're going to be short, uh, so makeable for a guy we saw miss one and miss an extra point for the Titans against Arizona last year, and it's plus 110. So easy money for five bucks. You can double it plus a couple cents. Paul, I love that one. It makes total sense to me. We, we've seen this Bills defense kind of show some holes in recent weeks, and this Lions offense has been able to move the ball all year, but when the field gets compressed in the red zone, it makes sense that this better team in the Buffalo Bills might stop the Lions cold in their tracks with that great red zone defense they have, and you, you get a couple of field goals in there, and you, you may cash early, frankly, because this is a game that has a crazy high over of 54 last I checked, so there's going to be scoring. I'd imagine there's going to be some field goals in there. I love it. Way kind of out of out of left field. It's the the weirdest one we've had on the show so Good. far. So I love it. Thank you for uh, stopping by. We appreciate it. We'll have you on again sometime in the future. Well, I hope it hits. Thanks. All right, let's welcome in our second celebrity guest pick to the Hot Read podcast on this special Thanksgiving gambling show. Mike Herndon, buddy, friend of the show. Of course, uh, Mike, how are you, man? How's it going? Are you ready for Thanksgiving? Your super mediocre Thanksgiving meal? Or are you just salivating at the thought? It's a, it's a look. My Thanksgiving meal takes. I, I put it out there every year and I always take abuse for it, and I'm fine. You with do, it. Um, but it is just not the elite meal that people make it out to be. It is really good. It's really good food. I like it. I have no issue with Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving as a holiday. I just don't think turkey specifically, and I'm like, and look, this is my preference. It's just no, I get this. I am, I am a meat person. It, meat yes. is always like the main part of the meal that I am. Whatever meal I'm selecting, it is based around the meat and and what I want to eat for the meat. So okay. turkey is not my favorite. Turkey is is to me not in the top five of meats that I would choose if I was choosing any meal in the world to eat. So I I do. It, Turkey is good. Like I do have good turkey uh, every year, but it is, it's just like the best turkey is not as good as the best steak. It's just not. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not. The best turkey's point. not not as good as the best ham either. I mean, I I agree with this part that turkey. If your Thanksgiving meal revolves around the quality of your turkey, then yeah, it's not the best meal. I think that it's a total straw man to say that Thanksgiving as a whole meal is based upon the quality of the turkey. I think the turkey is like, Ah. turkey to Thanksgiving is like the queen of England, like total figurehead, no power. It's just, it is just a stand-in symbol. It's a symbol for the meal. In my, in my Thanksgiving meal experience, turkey is maybe the least appetizing thing on the menu. It's, it's one of, it's like, you got to have a meat, like it's the healthy, health, health, 
conscious option, but like I'm loading up on potatoes and stuffing and gravy and sweet potato casserole. Like that's where it's at for me. So I can understand that. And that stuff is really good. I just like, I just think about like of all the meals that I'll eat in a given year, Thanksgiving is not going to be in the top five for me. It's just not like that, that, that's where we disagree. That's maybe, where we disagree. maybe I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I just like other foods. Like, like every, <laughs> Which, all, fair. all of my top five <laughs> meal choices are all going to be steak related because I love steak. Like that is just like, that's I my steak. thing. So. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put that behind us. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk bets. Cause that's what we're here to do. Right. You've got a, you've got a favorite bet for the Thanksgiving slate. We've got three games to pick from here. What's your favorite wager for this thanksgiving nfl slate so i like the patriots getting two and a half points uh against the vikings and it's the night game um the vikings coming off of that like pasting by the cowboys obviously and and it's been a weird season for the vikings in a lot of ways and it's been a weird season for the patriots too because they've had games where they've looked great they've had games where they've looked terrible um i don't have a ton of faith in the patriots offense i think this is gonna be a low scoring game but i do think they're going to keep it close because i think that defense is going to be a major major problem for kirk cousins and the vikings especially since it does not sound like christian darisaw the the vikings excellent left tackle is going to be able to go so he's going to be out and matthew judon has been on a tear this season he's been one Mm -hmm. of the best ed rushers in the nfl and i think he's going to feast on that uh, banged up Vikings offensive line and, and just give them nightmares. I mean, the Patriots defense has been fantastic this year. And, and I think it's almost gone a little under the radar just because their offense has been so bad, but uh, that, that is why they've got a winning record right now. And that is why they're hanging around the playoff races. That defense is great. So if it's going to be a low scoring game, and I think the two offenses are, are both going to struggle, I'm just going to grab the points and, uh, and, and hope for a, a, a two point game. Well, it's fascinating. That's kind of the tale of the two halves with this Patriots team. We saw just last week how that offense only scoring three points, um, not managing to get a touchdown, but then the defense only allowing three points. If, if that's kind of the same situation with this Vikings game, and it is the lowest total on the board for that that uh, Thanksgiving Day slate, looks like it's a total of 42 and a half last I checked. So it's going to be a low scoring game and and you're you're you got a good point that if if they can't protect Kirk Cousins we all know what that looks like so it very well could be an ugly uh it could be the kind of game that Bill Belichick precisely what he wants and it's gross and he's just wringing his hands at the idea of making the nightcap on Thanksgiving an early uh maybe early snooze call for everybody <laughs> if it's people are going to be sleeping through half this game anyways with the fans <laughs> yeah. so um yeah he, he's going to put on a product that i believe is going to be uh nap worthy anyway so yeah I and honestly i don't mind uh you know go ahead and parlay the uh patriots plus two and a half with the uh under and and you know root for 13 10 hey there you go all right mike pa- pats plus two and a half that's the pick appreciate it yep absolutely All right, thanks again to PK and Mike Herndon for stopping by. Friends of the show giving us a couple of bets that I love. I love Paul's, by the way, going off the board with the kicker prop. I really like that one. As soon as I got off the phone with him, JT, I went ahead and bet that one myself because I like that bet quite a bit. He convinced me on that. And now let's try to convince the listeners on our 12 favorite props from these three games. We went through and spent about an hour before the show. We looked at all of the available props 
really combed through the numbers, ran the numbers by each other, made sure we we loved what we had and we felt like we got our four best available props for all three games. I think that we have the best props on the board here. So without further ado, if you wouldn't mind, JT, doing the honors, getting us kicked off, what's your first prop from the Detroit Buffalo game? Yeah, so my first prop here and probably my favorite on the day don't want to go as far to say that this is a lock because uh, it gets into some territory where I can't take back those words, but it's yeah, as close fired. as it can get without exactly saying it's a lock. But I'm going to go with the Jared Goff passing attempts under, and here's Love why. The line is at yep. 36 and a half, and let's look at his last five games. His last five game passing attempts go as follow. 26, 26, 26, uh, uh-huh. 37. Uh-huh. 26. No. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of 26. I really wish that I could just, if there was a button that said Jared Goff to throw 26 passes, press that button. I'm betting that. I'm about to say and get some awesome odds the on the exact right? number. Yeah. And if you look at it, 36 and a half, they're kind of setting it as, hey, they're going to think of this game kind of like the Miami game here and in which they're going to be down. And sure. even when they were down and Jared Goff was passing a lot, he only went one over which is why I like this line so much in this game. Like when we they said scored also, 30 something points in that game, right? I mean, that's, that's a did. scenario you, in, uh, in which they're scoring a bunch of points, which I'm not sure we think they're going to score quite that many in this game. I expect a lot more of the same. They clearly trust this ru- running game more than Jared Goff through the air, which is why I'm going to take the under. Love that. I'm betting that myself as well. My favorite prop here is the Khalif Raymond under 55 and a half receiving yards. Now, if you're a Titans fan, you probably are because you listen to this show. This is a guy that used to play for the Titans, and he certainly wasn't getting that kind of production when he was here in Tennessee. He, he's kind of found, a, I, I would say, a second life in his career. I'm not sure he ever had a first life. I think he found a first life, a, a nice landing spot with Detroit, and he's been a nice um, wide receiver four or five for them, kind of a, a gadget guy like he was in here was here in Tennessee. But if you look at his totals so far this year receiving, he's been very hit or miss. And that's, I mean, that with gadget guys, that's how it goes, right? They get big yardages, especially burners like Raymond. You get one bomb that he catches and, and then the number is going to be dead. But it's not going to come from volume. And that's the point here. He's not getting a ton of volume from targets. I trust this Buffalo secondary, specifically their safeties with Jordan Poyer coming back. One of the best safeties in the league to cover over the top and keep him from getting any of those big chunk plays, which is kind of as a one trick pony, what he's apt to do. I like him to go under 55 and a half. I actually like him to be more in the 30 or 40 range. I don't even think he'll get all that close to it. He's only, he's averaging something like three or four targets a game. So he's going to need those targets to be, 15 plus yards in order for him to to reach that that total and I just don't think it's going to be anywhere near there. I'm not sure what they're they're doing. The sports books laying this number. I love Khalif Raymond under 55 and a half receiving yards. For my second one here, someone on the other side of the ball who is getting a lot of volume in these past couple weeks is Gabe Davis, which is why I'm not going to go with his yards here because sure. he's kind of a little bit more used in some gadget plays some other plays towards the sidelines and whatnot, but I'm going to take the Gabe Davis over on receptions here. Now Detroit Lions defense has had some bright spots in their secondary. I expect a lot of 
double coverage and shadow attempts on Stefan Diggs because that's how they're going to try and take care and slow down this Buffalo sure. offense. I like that one a lot. My next prop, my second prop and final prop in this game is Jared Goff under 245 and a half passing yards. Here's the rationale. First of all, Jared Goff, we know kind of similar to a Ryan Tannehill, um, not as good in my opinion, or really I think in anybody's opinion, but kind of a similar play style, similar usage by his coaches and, and his team. Very much a game manager. He's not getting a ton of volume in the yards department. He's only gone over this number a handful of times this season. He's he's been he's actually thrown for under 200 yards more times than he's thrown for over this total. And so I like, especially in these past couple of games, he's gone under that number in the last three games, despite them winning all three. I don't think they'll be winning this one and he'll have to air the ball a little bit more, but 245 and a half is a, is a lot to get to. And listen, I mean, even if they're scoring 30 points, he's capable of scoring 31 as evidenced by their win over to Chicago two weeks ago. They scored 31 points on just 236 pass yards from Goff. So even if they're scoring a bunch of points, I kind of think his number is going to be low in this game. I like the secondary of Buffalo to to keep him at bay passing the ball. He's certainly not going to have a big day because there's plenty of opportunity. So give me Jared Goff and the under 245 and a half passing yards. Let's move on to the second game of the day. Of course, the Giants heading to Dallas to face the Cowboys. I think you could also maybe sprinkle a little bit on some other receivers here, but I think Michael Gallup is going to be the guy to target in this game, which is why I'm going with his over in receptions. I like that pick a lot. My favorite prop in this game is along the same line, CeeDee Lamb. I like him to go over five and a half receptions in this game. It's really just a, a feel. I, I think, listen, I don't think this part. I know this part. The the Giants cornerback room. I don't know if you've seen their injury situation, JT, but Dory Jackson is gone indefinitely. They're they're down to I don't know the names of the others, but from off the top of my head, but from looking at the report and from reading some Giants beat reporters, they're down to like pulling guys off the street to play cornerback for this team right now. And that's gonna mean that all of these Dallas receivers are liable to just eat in this game. I think that CD being the best of the bunch is going to eat and get at least six receptions. He's certainly got the target share to match that kind of production. And I think whenever the ball is thrown his way, he's probably going to catch it. I think that there's not going to be a whole lot of contested catching going on against this giant secondary. So this is the most feel uh, the most based on vibes prop that I have. I just think that CD is going to have a nice day. And so give me CD to go over his receiving or his receptions total. With my second one, going to stay on this Cowboys offense here. And I think this is the one that is basically the most hit or miss. But I'm kind of going with something that I've seen in the last two games for this Dallas Cowboys offense. I'm going to go with the Tony Pollard over reception yards on 19 and a half here. Now, hmm. you can look at some of the numbers here. I mean, he came off that incredible day last week. I think he had six receptions on six targets for 109 yards and two touchdowns. But even past that, looking at the game before that one, he still had six targets, which are both his totals, his high totals for the season. I think now that Zeke is back, they're going to want to keep using him in the same role here. And if he gets at least three or four of those targets, he has been explosive enough to get to that 
20 yard mark and more, which is why I'm going to go with this one. I know it's going to be a lot of check down work. So if you feel like Tony Pollard has that explosiveness and can take those check downs for long yards, I think you should bet with me. If not, I think you should fade me. This is why I think it's my riskiest one of the day here. But I'm going to ride with the hot hand in Tony Pollard and take that one-two punch that the Giants are not going to be ready for. No, I respect that. And uh, my my bet here, my second bet, is on uh, the other side of the ball. Take a, take a look at the Giants real quick, who we've kind of neglected so far. This one's pretty simple. It's Danny Dimes to go over 190 and a half passing yards we know that the giants are almost certainly going to be trailing in this game. They're probably going to get beat pretty handily based on just the fact that they're not a very good team and they're missing some key personnel, especially on defense. This could turn into a boat race early, especially if Dallas's offense and Tony Pollard and the like look anything like they did last week against the Vikings and unstoppable force. The, the Cowboys may hang 40 in this game and have back-to-back massive offensive performances. But this week, It'll be much less of a reflection on their offense and much more a reflection of the state of this Giants defense. And because of that, it's going to force the Giants offense to play from behind all day long. I'm very confident that's going to be the game state here. By the second quarter, at the very latest, by halftime, this game is going to be Danny Dimes trying to, with his arm, keep this team in it. And he's got not much in terms of, you know, weapons in the passing game. It's pretty much Darius Slayton and checkdowns to Saquon Barkley available to him. But we saw last week that exact same game state. Detroit got out early and stayed out ahead of them, ended up winning by multiple scores. And in that game, Danny Dimes had to throw 44 times, only completed 27 of those balls, but it was good for 341 yards, well over 100 yards more than this total right here. So I love Danny Dimes to get to 200 passing yards simply because they're going to have to pass the ball to stay in this game. Yeah, and let's move to the third and final game of the slate on Thanksgiving. Let's talk about the New England Patriots heading up to Minnesota to play the Vikings. And of course, my first one here is going to be kind of a theme. (laughs) Once I tell you this one, it's going to be, I'm going with a lot of the same things because I think it's going to be one of those days where, of course, it's, it's basically prime time for all three of these these teams here and you're going to want to take care of the stars which leaves a couple other faces able to feast and of course i'm going to go with a name that you don't really hear from this vikings offense too much but i'm going to go with kj osborne here on the over Mm. on receptions here and here's why in the past couple of games let's look at last week of course last week was kind of a wash because they really took their starters out in the middle of the third quarter and towards the end right. there. I'm counting that yeah. one as a lo- as a wash. But in these k- kind of matchups, KJ Osborne against the Buffalo Bills had 11 targets. He's he's averaging around three and a That's half targets. That's an insane target, target share. It's an, it's yeah. an insane char- target share. And I imagine that with all of the attention being put on the likes – of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, those two outside guys who can really burn you. I'm expecting Kirk Cousins to kind of fall on his inner guys as like TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne here to do it over the middle and kind of have a day. So I'm going to go with KJ Osborne in the over. JT, I'm exactly with you. And that's exactly why my first prop is that other guy on the inside, TJ Hawkinson over four and a half reception. So uh, remind me, what was the number? For Osborne, how many receptions? Two and a half. 
two and a half. Yeah. So you just need three KJ uh, receptions. And it, listen, if he gets anywhere near 11 targets again, he's going to catch at least three of those. Hawkinson, same deal, getting an insane target share for this team since joining. Now, of course, remember, Hawkinson just became a Viking in recent weeks, but since becoming one, he had one game, his first game uh, with the Vikings they played against Washington. Out of the gate, he got nine targets in uh, the second game with Buffalo, 10 targets, and then nine against Dallas last week. He's gotten 10 or nine, nine or 10 targets in every game as a Viking. Kirk Cousins is looking his way, and it kind of makes sense. Like, Kirk Cousins, you know, he's not wanting to get sacked in the pocket. He's looking to get the ball out quick. He's very much a pocket passer. He's going to not be afraid to hit the, the checkdowns, and that's to the K.J. Osbournes and the T.J. Hawkinsons of the world. Hawkinson, his number is uh, four and a half receptions in this game. I love the over. He has, in his three games as a Viking, nine, seven, and five. So he's gone over this receiving uh, this reception total in every game as a Viking on a target share. That's frankly, listen, if he gets 10 is again, all he needs is to catch half of them. And I think that he will. He's a very, very good receiver. This one feels like an absolute no brainer to me. The Cowboys have a nice defense to don't get me wrong, but the Vikings have really nice offensive personnel and Hawkinson's going to be fourth on the depth chart of guys that the cornerbacks and safeties have to be paying attention to. Hawkinson's going to get a lot of work against these Dallas linebackers, and I love that matchup for him. Give me Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. My final pick here, and another kind of, I just love the running backs, and I love those wide receiver two and threes. I'm going to go with another running back receiving over. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson, and once again, I think both of these running back receiving overs are a little hit or miss. Uh, I feel a little bit more strong about this one though the over on receiving yards for Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots is 27 and a half right now in his last five games it's pretty it's simple as this in his last five games he's had 56 yards 10 yards 72 yards 59 yards and 15 yards so he's he's gone over it three times has not two in those two games where he has not gone over it he's had three receptions and four receptions and in the games he has he's had six or more receptions. If you look at what Tony Pollard did against this Vikings defense last week, he absolutely torched them running out of the backfield looking for those passes. And I expect if the Vikings get up to a sizable lead, Mac Jones is going to be looking his way, trying to make the offense go a little bit up-tempo here and kind of get the Vikings on their heels, which is why I think Ramondre is due for a big day through the air. I like that one a lot. And for my last prop, the last prop from either of us in these games, this one, I kind of finishing it with the most no brainer prop here. And frankly, maybe this is a trap. I don't know. I don't see how it is though, because as we've established, we think that the Patriots are going to be playing from behind in this game. Mac Jones is going to have to throw the ball. I like the Mac Jones over 19 and a half completions in this game. It's as simple as this. Outside of the one game he played against Chicago in primetime, if you remember, he came in, uh, it was after two weeks, I believe he was out with his high ankle sprain. His ankle injury kept him out for a couple weeks. He came back in that Chicago game. He played two or three series, I believe, before they yanked him and they put in Bailey Zappi. So in that game, he only played a handful of series. We're discarding that one. 
every other game he's played and he's played and started, uh, start, excuse me, started and finished in this season, which is six of them. He's gone over 20 or more completions in all six. So if we're looking here for him to have 20 or more completions in this game, a game in which we think they're going to be playing from behind and probably having to pass to get any production out of this offense that looked incredibly sluggish and incapable of moving the ball last week, despite him completing 23 passes in that Jets game somehow for 250 yards. I don't see how he doesn't get to 20 completions in this game. This feels like an absolute no brainer to me. I love Mac Jones over 19 and a half completions. And that's it for our Thanksgiving special edition of the best bets uh, segment of the hot read podcast. If that's not a mouthful enough for you, let's review very quickly. So if you're wanting to bet with us or bet against us, get your pencils out. Here's all of JT and I's favorite bets in these three Thanksgiving games. We like Buffalo and Detroit to go over 54 Buffalo second half to cover minus five Minnesota to cover minus one in the first quarter. We like money line parlay, all three favorites, the Vikings, the uh, bills and the Cowboys. We like teaser parlays of the bills teased down to minus two and a half. The Cowboys teased down to minus two and a half and the Patriots teased up to plus 10 and a half. If you want a more aggressive version of that, go Buffalo minus six and a half, Dallas minus six and a half, and New England plus seven and a half. And then JT, remind our listeners of your six props in these games. My six here are going to be Jared Goff under the 36 and a half pass, passing attempts, Gabe Davis over three and a half receptions, Gallup over three and a half receptions, Pollard over the 19 and a half receiving yards kj osborne over two and a half receptions and ramondre stevenson over 27 and a half receiving yards now i almost forgot about this one because i didn't really want to put it in here but going off pure feeling going off pure feeling and total vibe pick just vibe. vibe pick here um and some of you fantasy managers won't like this one (laughs) Um, But I'm going to go Alexander Madison anytime touchdown in this Vikings game solely because Alexander Madison's going to gobble up your points. He's going (laughs) to gobble that touchdown. He's going to gobble in Dalvin Cook. I like it. All right. All right. So those are his props. My six props in these games. Khalif Raymond under 55 and a half receiving yards. Jared Goff under 245 and a half passing yards. CeeDee Lamb over five and a half receptions. Daniel Jones over 190.5 passing yards. TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions and Mac Jones over 19 and a half completions. And that's going to do it for our Thanksgiving best bets episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed a little bonus episode. We couldn't help but indulge in a little Thanksgiving betting. Hey, before you go real quick, first of all, if you're not watching on YouTube, just know that you can. Now, this is a video show. Go check us out on YouTube. We will have a graphic for all of our Thanksgiving bets from this show up on social media shortly. Uh, I believe on at some point today on Wednesday when you're listening to this, we will have that up and we'll be pushing it if you want to bet with us or against us. And we will uh, see how we do and we'll, we'll have a progress report for you because we'll be back. JT and I will record Thursday night, uh, either during or after this final Thursday uh, night game, the the Patriots and the Vikings. Hopefully it's good enough that we record afterwards, but if it's a blowout, we'll just go ahead and start recording and have a show ready for you on Friday morning as usual to kind of get back to our normal 
flow of things for the foreseeable future. We'll be talking Titans and Bengals. Big, big rivalry game, according to everybody on the planet, except for Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill, who are insistent on it not being a uh, not being a revenge game. It's definitely a revenge game, and we've got a lot to talk about on that front. Until then, please go and become a Broadway insider. You get all of our great insider perks. You get all of our articles, early access articles, premium articles. You get access to the full Mike Herndon show, which, by the way, will be back on Thursday at some point on Thanksgiving. You'll get a special edition of the Mike Herndon show, a ton of Packers tape from last Thursday night to go through that if you're a Titans fan, you'll love because it's mostly positive. I've already seen bits and pieces of it, and it is a lot of awesome things the Titans did. Finally, if you are a small business or big business for the, that matter in the area and you want to advertise with our show, please reach out to us via social media or via email on the broadwaysportsmedia.com website. You can find our emails or just reach out to me via Twitter. And we'd love to talk to you about advertising opportunities, local businesses, supporting other local businesses. That's what we love. We have those opportunities for you here on this show, elsewhere on our podcast network, on the, on the website, hundreds of thousands of social media clicks and thousands of listeners each and every week. Uh, available to get their ears on your product. So reach out to us, please. Finally, promise it's the last thing. If you're not subscribed to the show, wherever you get your good podcasts, please go and do that and make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review. Leave a review, say whatever the heck you want. We will shout you out on the show. We love reading your reviews and leave your Twitter handle. We'd love to give you a follow and shout you out and, and get you some followers and some clout. So please do that. Leave us a review, say whatever. We'll read it on air. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back on Friday morning. Until then, this has been the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, for producer JT. We will talk to you on Friday.